Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this extra weekly episode of Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, or what we're calling DBQs. On DBQs, myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor and social commentator Dane Baptiste, and my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer, hello, are going to be delving into some things that have happened this week in news. Yep, that's right, Dane. It's time to question one of this week's biggest stories. Let's get into it. Are there too many trigger warnings or are there not enough? This is based on this very interesting story that has come out of Aberdeen University, Dane. Have you heard about this? I have heard about this quite briefly. Yeah, just to share it with the old listeners, uh, you know, it's basically Aberdeen University has put a a trigger warning on a very famous poem, uh, the Beowulf poem. Uh, And because, you know, it is potentially kind of distressing for the students to read about it. Uh, it's got a lot of animal cruelty um, suicide sexual content uh, ableism uh, the whole smorgasbord of uh, of offensive material but obviously people have been reading this thing for hundreds of years Uh, it's it's nearly hundreds of years right Uh, yeah for Beowulf yeah because I remember seeing the uh, adaptation with Russell Crowe and Angelina Jolie I remember uh, it and have removed it from my mind too Uh, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) well you're not not a fan it was very well animated I would say okay I'll give you that but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but the the point being that obviously people as soon as they hear something that's been around for hundreds of years they get really upset that they're now saying well I don't know if you can read this that's it is an interesting subject right I don't know I don't I don't know quite how I feel about it Dane how do you feel about this whole rise of trigger warnings good bad ugly I think uh, they are more of an inevitability I think when we live in a world where we have created such a broad opportunity or a broad space for democracy or I should say at least at the very least conversational democracy Hmm. like you have to have trigger warnings so many more people are able to volunteer their viewpoints and perspectives on any type of phenomena and because of that people have to cover themselves I always say that the uh, this new form of digital democracy is why aristocracy has to exist. Um, hmm. People leave representatives because if everyone talks, then you know when no one's going to go anywhere. Because if everyone says what they like, back in even when human beings were kind of in the early part of civilization, where we would be based in like small towns and villages, then you would have a village oath. And at some point, someone was like, "That guy shouldn't speak in the town meetings. He doesn't know what the <laughs> hell he's talking about." Yeah. I've got that guy at work, by the way. So that's still Everyone's still got going that guy. on. Everyone's got that guy, and the reason why you notice that guy is because he's normally the guy who says, "I'm entitled to my opinion." And I think the reason in the world where people have become so, I'd uh, say, uh, confident in opinion to the point where they tend to juxtapose it with fact or expertise, you need trigger warnings um, because, yeah, we are in the information age, and I think a lot of the time people can use what they perceive to be a lack of information. 
uh, as an excuse to complain, maybe where they don't need to complain. Yeah, I think that's a well. See, also, what are those people complaining about? Right? They go, oh, you don't need a trigger warning, right? That's kind of the, their observation. A lot of people will be like, oh, yeah. I think it's ridiculous. The Beowulf poem is a classic, and I don't need someone to put a trigger warning. Like, well, this ain't for you. Then, yeah, exactly. Dickhead. Like, they, I'll give I you a really, agree. really good example, right? Uh, and I personally love Rachel Paris, right? You know Rachel Paris. Yes, I know Rachel. A very lovely, well. lovely person, right? And she posted about this on Instagram, and you know, I uh, watched the new uh, Game of Thrones first mm-hmm. episode, the, the 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 dragons game or whatever they're calling it <laughs> um, uh, it's, it was perfectly watchable but you know we've i've already told you before how much i'm upset by the original game of thrones series conclusion so uh, you're not alone in that yeah, yeah so i'm and not I sure like i can go back there should be a trigger thing. warning on yeah. this particular dbqs because if we do recant <laughs> the final episodes of the final yeah. season of game of thrones some people are going to be triggered. Yeah. There was a Starbucks cup on the fucking table, Howard. Yeah, no, mate. We, I, honestly, it's like a it's like a real bereavement. One stab with one sword to kill the Night King. Yeah, trigger warning. Yeah. Spoilers. But the it, the new one that's come out, right? What what wasn't done in there? Because they do their whole thing, don't they? They go, this program contains sex, violence, blah blah blah. And you're like, okay, cool. That's kind of what I'm here for. What they didn't reference was that there would be an incredibly graphic. And really distressing childbirth sequence, right? And now, Dane, we talked about, I've had some experiences with this. And, you know, I can tell you as a bloke that the scene they put in Game of Thrones, this new episode, uh, is absolutely horrific, right? And if for a woman who may have gone through some very difficult scenarios with birth and having giving birth, it must have been to to see it suddenly pop up, not to be like, okay, I'm going to leave the room for two minutes, I'm going to fast forward this. They, you know, you're giving someone the chance to make a decision, right? Whereas yes. if you don't offer them that chance, and you know, and some people go, well, you, you shouldn't be watching it if you don't. It's like, what? This is, this is, you know, I don't know, man. Does that make sense? Like, I, it makes total sense, Howard. I, I'll give you, a, and I think that's the point I'm trying to get across as well, is that a trigger warning isn't a way of deterring people necessarily. It's about giving them the information to make a decision themselves. I think trigger warnings work in that respect, Howard, because then it gives people accountability. If you give a trigger warning beforehand, before someone's indulging a piece of art or any kind of uh, experience, then if they turns out to be a, either a pleasurable experience or an, an unpleasurable experience, at least they've had the trigger warning that will let them know. I think information is important. Um, yep. I think if maybe if Brexit had come with a trigger warning, the decision would have gone a different way. I think if people were aware and trigger warning that warning, voting to leave will result in the destruction of your currency, uh, the end of your free movement through Europe, endless queues if it's crossing the uh, the, the channel um, and sewage being pumped into your uh, bodies of water around your country. I think mm. that would have been enough of a trigger warning. I, I, I think, I understand people are like, oh, it's because because of snowflakes and blah, blah. Well, yeah, some people are snowflakes. And so a trigger warning exists in order to provide that person with the opportunity to take part in something or not take part in something. And that way they have the complete accountability. I think a trigger warning really is just an evolution, Howard, of like, Remember when music, there was a big idea about music and how graphic the depictions were in Gangster Rap, for example, and the compromise was found where you'd have the black and white bar that would say parental advisory, explicit content. Mm. What that means is if someone continues to listen to a particular body of work by a musician or anything, and it does contain anything that might be graphic or considered to be, uh, I suppose, uh, explicit, they've had the warning, so they can no longer complain. Mm. So I think it's a nice expression where we are allowed to provide people with the freedom of expression still or the freedom of speech which normally the detractors for trigger warnings will also say, but it allows people to make a decision. 
And I think at the end of the day, everyone's sense of uh, morality or discernment is always going to be subjective. Mm. You know, there are some people, like I find it very strange that some people find, you know, the idea of women talking about menstruation to be squeamish and be like, I don't expect a woman to be so graphic talking about her vagina on stage. Well, you could speak about any other violent act and violence or stylized or glorified violence appears in every other facet of popular culture and art and people don't tend to complain about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a trigger warning is also for those people. And I, 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 so for me, I just think it's a compromise. I think if we, if people really want to observe an artistic or creative space where they can do and say whatever they want, then I think they should be able to give a trigger warning that way. At least if someone objects to say, said creation, you can be like, well, I warned you. <laughs> Everyone deserves a warning at the end of the day. I suppose the reason it tells is how far does it go? Like, I could tell you this, you know, I think. There's a lot of people in the world who've had some very difficult experiences in car accidents, right? Yeah. And there must be a load of triggering stuff for them across mass, mass films, right? Like the video TV, like hugely triggering. But I mean, that feels like a very difficult thing to put once you start saying that, right? And I'm not saying that's wrong, that, you know, the, the, the people who might be suffer from you know, uh, you know, really post, you know, a traumatic experience involving a car, right? You wouldn't wish that upon them to b- turn on a film and see something that made them upset. You wouldn't, no one would want that, right? Why do you want someone to relive it? But that doesn't mean that it's that easy to say, oh, well, we'll put a warning on this. Because then if you said, you know, oh, I had a traumatic experience with this. Well, I mean, that, that opens up to a, a, an absolute endless amount of warnings, right? We'll be back after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Welcome back to the show. I mean, it does, but at the same, it does potentially. But I think at the same time, you know, we have to remember that trigger, a trigger warning is a relatively new concept. Mm. But then so is PTSD. Mm. Like for a long time, we didn't really speak about the condition of post-traumatic stress disorder that somebody can regress and feel like they're reliving a traumatic experience in their life. Now, if you're going to create something that might be a catalyst to that, I think, you know, it's just a natural part of etiquette to let people know and offer them the choice. Mm. that's the idea is that you're giving people the choice of whether or not they choose to indulge something and so i think like i remember seeing happy feet and happy feet you know the the the, car, the animated film with uh robin williams and yeah elijah wood yeah elijah wood from there he was uh, in happy feet i remember it saying mild peril warning and at first I thought, you know what? That is ridiculous. This is a film about fucking fluffy penguins. What kind of peril could be involved? 
But, you know, that's the thing about art is or the dichotomy of creation versus reality is that it's either art imitating life or life imitating art. And those things can kind of change depending on what the influence on both of those is. And mm-hmm. by that token, it's like, yeah, to me, look at an animation of fluffy penguins navigating their environment. It seems cute and there couldn't be much peril. But in reality, if you know penguins, you would know that they are not at the top of the food chain. So they are very much at risk of peril. And if you ever slipped over on ice, it hurts like fuck. So, you know, some people might be very mildly reminded of that fact. So I think giving people all the information they need means that people can't then come back and plead ignorance if they make a decision, which may be cal- not, may, may not be conducive to their physical or mental well-being. I think it goes back to the whole, do you remember there was a story about the woman who sued McDonald's for millions Mm. because of the hot coffee mm. and that's why they put um on the cup caution contents hot and i used to be somebody who'd be like why the fuck would someone not know that a cup of coffee is actually hot in the same way that when people on snickers bars it says contains nuts and i'd be like how the fuck does someone not know that a snickers mm. has nuts in it but then you are overestimating people's ignorance also people's literacy and people's sense of accountability. And the way it actually turns out, Howard, is that the whole story about the woman being selfish and exploiting ignorance was actually a negative press that was put out by McDonald's when, in fact, they had had previous warnings before of people being scolded by hot drinks. Right. And I think it turned out that McDonald's were actually heating their drinks to over 100 degrees in order for them to save money. It was kind of like a cost-saving loophole. And they'd already been previously warned. So they tried to depict this woman as being very, like money hungry when in fact like they had provided a hazard by the contents of the cup and this woman had been scolded and it went on for a very long time so i think it's a great way of covering it i personally whenever i'm doing something especially if it's a new experience i'd like to know all of the risks mm-hmm. you know for me a trigger warning for those who say that a trigger warning is kind of poultry and is covering people with snowflakes for me it's no different to saying gamble responsibly because mm. responsible gambling is called investing <laughs> So I think, um, I don't think that there are too many trigger warnings. I think really if there were, if there were maybe kind of, you know, physical or like, I suppose, uh, intangible hurdles being put up to stop people from having the experience, that to me is more problematic than providing them with a warning that this could resonate in a negative way could elicit a damage to your physical or psychological well-being. But not wanting to kind of layer this too deep, because I think me and Dane can say, you know, if I'm not speaking wrong, Dane, we respect the need for trigger warnings. We respect people's need to to be alerted to potentially really upsetting material that they might consume. Right? That's a fa- I think that's a reasonable Dane Baptiste question. Everything summary, right, Dane? Yeah, I'd say but so. I would I would say this. I think you know we get so bogged down in this stuff because media that stuff that we consume is such a I think after the pandemic, it's such a centralized part of our lives. Like, you know, like it's such a, it's, it's, it feels like it's never been more at the kind of core of our lives. I can't help but feel that we actually are just ignoring the most triggering thing is the fucking real world and our oh, yeah. lives and our lives. And if you started putting trigger warnings on life, I'm, we're done. It's over. We say this, but then I would say that we have created a number of systems and institutions as people that do exist as trigger warnings. So you could argue that the rule of law is a form of trigger warning or capital law is a form of trigger warning that lets people know, if you do this, you could go to prison. Mm. Or the other one would be trying to encourage like good social etiquette would be 
how Abrahamic religion works. If you do this, <laughs> you might go to hell when you die. And not, not everyone necessarily believes it because people have a choice whether or not they believe in that doctrine and then they can act accordingly. So even though we say we shouldn't, we like, we don't want to give trigger warnings against life. I think, you know, we trigger warnings exist in the form of wisdom. That's the idea is that someone who's maybe more learned or experienced than you can relay their experience back to you and be like, okay, you can do this if you want, but be careful. So for example, a trigger warning for me would have been like maybe smoking. I smoke, I used to smoke cigarettes. My dad caught me smoking because I was smoking in the bathroom, the most sterile, scentless place in the house, like most <laughs> idiots do. But don't worry, I put the water on to dampen the scent. So yeah, but he was, but you know, he went on to proceed. Like obviously I was over, I was over the legal age to smoke, which means legally I'm allowed to do it. And you know, my father legally has no recourse to stop me from doing so because we're both adults. However, he still took the time to tell me what the detrimental effects would be to my health. And also just socially, he was like, you stink. And most of my friends who smoke have quit over time. So then I was left with the choice as an adult to see if I wanted to proceed with this habit or I'd try to remedy it. And you for me, I respect that because <laughs> yeah. what he could have done is either taken the cigarettes from me or done the whole sitcom thing of making me smoke every cigarette in a pack to teach me oh, a yeah. lesson. But yeah, he, I was given the choice. And I think that's very important in life as well because I think a lot of the time, People are robbed of their choices. And I think yeah. when people are told uh, certain things in terms of how they live their life and they're told with a level of severity or they're told about the gravity of their uh, the gravity of their decisions or they're threatened, I think that is more of people making a choice out of fear. Well, I, Whereas tell you I think trigger warnings can help people making making choices based on the information they have. What do you I think, would Howard? say one thing though, mate, and I, I'm not being a kind of, oh, we don't need trigger warnings. I'm just pointing out the one thing. When you, when you think about what a trigger warning is, it is, you know, something that is stimulating a recall of, you know, this, I was literally looking up the definition earlier and it, just, it says the recall of a previous traumatic experience, mm-hmm. right? Now, I'm going to tell you this, and I can only say this from my side. That when I have encountered things that do make me recall tre- uh, previous traumatic experiences, sometimes it's really helpful and cathartic and helps me work through those issues. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that should mean that we replace don't need trigger warnings. I'm obviously not saying that, but it makes me think that I don't know. Maybe we need we, maybe we need to be triggered now and again. Maybe it helps us overcome these things. But it's not yeah. easy. See, not easy to say that for everyone because everyone's different. It's not easy, but, but then at the same time, you have to appreciate that if someone is dealing with a trauma, that in itself has a number of stages. Whether it's, for example, if that trauma is the grief of loss, then obviously we know that comes with the stages of like denial, anger, bargaining, and acceptance. So if a particular aesthetic is going to be the catalyst for that and seeing or hearing something is going to begin that process, it might be particularly healthy. But I think the issue really comes from, again, it really comes down to responsibility. People shouldn't really necessarily be seeking uh, a remedy to or in the equivalent of a way that they would seek medical advice for a trauma. Even though I think that, like, obviously comedy being referred to as the best medicine can be very effective in helping discussing taboos, which may cause people to feel triggered or um, recant a trauma. It's not the be-all and end-all in helping you to remedy whatever trauma you ha- may have in the recesses of your mind. I think for me, Howard, though, one of the reasons why I like trigger warnings is because I also like to say I told you so. Maybe that's what it is. And I think if I say to somebody, you know who I am and this is what I'm about. And if you choose to come anyway, then I can be like, well, I told you. Or to quote Dave Chappelle is like, well, you clicked on my face, bitch. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I think we've uh, done a good job 
trying to cover this subject. It's not an easy one, listeners, because we respect people and respect their, their past traumas, but we also we're here to question everything, right, Dane? And that's what we try and do on DBQs in a in a different way to our normal show, eh? Absolutely. And, you know, trauma, trauma is, a, is not an easy thing. And even if you may be proactively responsible for your own trauma as a result of your own actions, or if you were completely vulnerable and completely irresponsible for a trauma that was levied against you, at the end of the day, they still exist. And the most important thing is is that those uh, are addressed and people are able to find a space where they are able to both recant and address and hopefully heal from said traumas. So that's what we try to do and um, question everything. This is why we ask the questions we asked so that we never wander into situations and become triggered that based on the lack of information. And if anything that we have said to our listeners has triggered anything in you, feel free to get in touch and we would love to have the discussion on the show. We'll see you, uh, well, hear you uh, next time on DBQs. Uh, why don't you message us? Give us a tweet or an Instagram post. Say something about whether we should, uh, what we should talk about next week. We're always open to suggestions. Absolutely. Question everything. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnaptiste and at the Howard Cohen. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Insanity Group. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.